Catherine sat at the window, a cup of tea in her hand, the ocean breeze cooling a warm summer morning, reflecting on a life filled with happy memories of family, endless celebrations of birthdays, anniversaries, Christmases, and vacations with kids and grandkids. Catherine lost her husband a few years ago. Now in her mid-80s, she herself is slowing. Although her body no longer allows her to function as she did in her youth, her mind is sharp and her spirit unfailing. Catherine loves her new home. Catherine is one of the lucky ones. In so many cities and towns, long-term care facilities house those in the sunset of their years. Many facilities designed with good intentions, but sadly falling short of the quality of life so many of us wish to see for our family members. Today, we'll visit Catherine's home, the warm, inviting, and uplifting Peace Arch Hospital Foundation Lodge. This is The Power to Heal. In this series of podcasts, we'll focus on the many innovative ways Peace Arch Hospital, located in White Rock, British Columbia, Canada, has been an integral part of its community. We'll talk to those who were instrumental in creating new initiatives for the hospital to grow and evolve along with the town it served. In this episode, we'll find out about a state-of-the-art building that opened in the spring of 2020. The PAH Foundation Lodge breaks the mold of long-term care facilities. We tap the shoulder of longtime White Rock resident and veteran television and radio broadcaster Wayne Cox to help reveal the story of PAH Foundation Lodge. Wayne is no stranger to Peace Arch Hospital. I've been living in the White Rock, South Surrey area for over 40 years, raised three children, have six grandchildren. My in-laws live in the area, as did my mother and father. And on more than one occasion, Peace Arch Hospital has been called on by our family. My mother had a nasty fall once, and Peace Arch not only took care of her injuries, but also entered her into a rehab program that helped her make a transition into a care home. It's so good to know that help is right around the corner. With the world embracing Zoom as the connection of choice, Wayne spoke to former Foundation board member, Art Reitmeyer, who shares a few stories that help us understand what makes the Lodge one of the most innovative facilities in British Columbia. Well, we'd like to know more about the new Foundation Lodge, so who better to ask than the man in charge, Art Reitmeyer. Art, this is an exciting project. Yeah, and you know, to say in charge, that's being generous, but yeah, you know, I was very involved in the building of it as well. When did the foundation realize there was a need for the lodge? It came with a number of different initiatives around, you know, the hospital and the foundation. We were going through a master concept plan with Fraser Health around the site and always looking for to fulfill some of the needs in our community. And we knew that we had a need for redevelopment of the emergency room. You know, there was additional structure that we eventually were able to achieve in terms of the uh, operating theaters and whatnot, but we were able to advance at least that emergency portion of the agenda with Fraser Health. In line with that, we also knew that we had a crowding situation in the hospital where we had a number of individuals that were being housed in beds in, you know, the critical care unit that should have been somewhere in the community in a complex care type home as opposed to in uh, the hospital environment. So part of the, you know, the arrangement that we pushed quite aggressively with the health authority was to try and ensure that as part of the development of ER, we also saw development 
of a care home. And at that time, it was defined as a care home, a traditional 200-bed care home for the community so that we could have some decant of those individuals into the appropriate environment for them. So walk us through the lodge. What would we see? Is it state of the art? Yeah, pretty much. And it's changed. It's not just complex care anymore. Like, you know, what people see is traditional complex care is, you know, a senior's care environment with high level of nursing, that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. So it's not just traditional in that sense, in that this building is really broken down into three components. So we've got seniors, traditional complex care, if you want, but the environment for that portion of the residents is each resident has a separate room dedicated to themselves, which in a lot of the current structures that you see, they're shared rooms and coordinated dining in the sense that everybody comes together in a congregate environment. Each one of these is broken down into what they call households and each household has a separate dining facility. So it allows you to, you know, manage and care for individuals in a different fashion than what you would have in the traditional old style care homes where everybody just came together. As we listen to Art's description of today's new approach to seniors' care, we begin to realize just how innovative the Foundation Lodge is. In addition, this care home has a specific mental health component. It has 73 beds that are dedicated to mental health, and they have a number of the rooms have the initiatives that would be required for mental health, anti-ligature, those kinds of things, self-harm, avoidance, that kind of thing that's built into the facility. And again, each room is an individual room. And then in addition to that, there's 15 hospice beds that are included on the ground floor because previously the hospice was up on the, you know, one of the floors in the hospital tower, really not an appropriate environment for a hospice. So this allowed us to expand the offering of hospice in the community and put it in a more appropriate environment. Now, the Foundation Lodge is different from other facilities. It has some very special features, things like the hairdressing salon and outdoor gardens. Almost like a, you know, a resort or something. <laughs> yeah, well, there has to be all of that as well. So there's a main street that you go down and, you know, there's there's areas for the volunteers. There's areas for families to come down and, you know, care for their family members and areas where they can come together in a town hall room if they want to. There's also kitchen areas where they can cook a meal for their family or just spend time with their family in a different environment. Uh, a number of garden areas specifically for the various components of the building. So hospice has a lovely large green area facing off to the west. The care has another garden facing off to the north and and the mental health component also has a separated garden. And each one of those is a nice green area where people can go and sit and be outside. And then off of each one of the houses, there's also a deck where they can go. So if they didn't want to go down and exit through the elevator and out into the outside, they could sit on the deck, which is covered and and in cases heated. I'm thinking a facility like this isn't inexpensive. There must have been a pretty healthy price tag on this. Yeah. You know, a building like this is runs north of $40 million. Um, but working with Fraser Health, we were able to, you know, really arrange something that was, and, and what you always try and find, and we actually think we achieved it in this case, it was a win-win. You know, it was something where Fraser Health is operating this care home 100%. So we were, we as the foundation built the care home and then did a lease back to Fraser Health on favorable terms. And because we had the land available, it was a key component. I understand there was quite a unique fundraising model that you were operating under. Yeah. And, you know, I mean, the fundraising component of it, like anything that you do, I mean, you're trying to find different elements within that environment that you can find where individuals take interest. And, you know, the Melvilles, 
came on very strongly in, in support of the hospice environment. Others invested in specific rooms. Each component was broken down to try and you know raise funds to help support all the additional elements that were put into the building. I'm thinking there must have been some sizable donations. Yeah, I know that in total we were able to achieve a, a 10 million campaign. And, you know, I think there was the 1 million was probably the largest single donor. And then there was $500,000 from the Hoyne family. I mean, there was a number of very generous parties, $100,000 donations, $50,000 donations, all quite significant that totaled up to that amount. Like many communities, there are families who embrace the spirit of the town in which they live. White Rock is no different. As we hear Wayne and Art talk about the Melvilles and how much the entire community supports the Peace Arch Hospital Foundation. Now included in the lodge is the George and Sylvia Melville Hospice Home. Who are the Melvilles? They're a very caring and compassionate and generous family in the community. And, uh, you know, through uh, his success in business investments, he's been able to make very generous contributions to a number of charities. And we were fortunate that this was something that really resonated with both of them and they were willing to give a a very significant donation to fund the hospice portion of the building. This community um, is really something else when it comes to supporting the hospital. I know I've been to a number of the fundraising events, the big galas and things like that. And and, uh, sometimes it's staggering the amount amount of donations that uh, all of a sudden pop up. And I think part of it too, you know, the board really you know, works hard to achieve what it needs to do on behalf of the community as well. And I think that starts to feed on itself. They understand and work with the community to understand what it's looking to accomplish in terms of enhancing services. And they take that very seriously and work very aggressively towards that. And because of that and the success that they've had, I think the community then follows on that and supports them in their initiatives because the easiest thing and the easiest way of getting anything done when you're working with partners like a health authority or anyone else for that matter is if you have some money that you're able to <laughs> to make things happen with. So yeah. very fortunate that everything works together. It's very symbiotic. One of the hallmarks of the Peace Arch Hospital Foundation is its ability to look ahead and anticipate future needs. Here's Wayne and Art discussing some of the challenges that are down the road for the community. The need is here for the lodge too, because the population in the peninsula is not going down. It's growing like a weed. And the need is going to be there for many, many years. Yeah. And, and you know, quite honestly, many, many years and many beyond that, because the population of British Columbia is aging. And so the percentage of older people will be there for an extended period of time. So it's not like we're, we like to talk that it's just a wave, but it's just the beginning of, you know, quite honestly, an extended process where there's going to be a need. It's unfortunate, you know, that we have to look at that kind of need, but it is there in the community because having gone through that with a parent that, you know, suffered from Alzheimer's, it's, it's very difficult. There does come a point in time where it's very difficult to keep them in the home as their journey progresses. So, you know, it's something that we need to have and we need to, you know, we need to find ways to fund. And, and like I say, we're fortunate working with Fraser Health. We came up with what we think was a very innovative way to do that. Mm-hmm. Now, along the way, and uh, especially the last couple of years, did COVID get in the way uh, of the development of the lodge? Like, did it slow things down any? We are fortunate in terms of the construction process that it didn't. I mean, we were able to complete as per, you know, what was anticipated. But, you know, our ability to go in subsequently and just follow up on some of the elements, we relied on the team in place to really do that because our access got quite constrained, as you can imagine. It's, it's very limited as to, even today, 
our ability to go in and, and see the building. It opened in April of 2020. So really just as you got into that first component and it got very strict in terms of who and when you could actually access the building. Yeah. Do you have any stories you can share with us about some of the residents there, or maybe some of the families and their reaction to the lodge and, and how it's being accepted? I'd love to share with you reactions of families, but it's been very difficult to get into the, the actual care home to see that. I mean, anecdotally, we have heard that everybody really loves the environment. It's it's unique. I mean, if you come from you know, sort of the older style and some of the residents that are in there, I mean, they were moved into there from a, you know, a previous facility. When you're moved into a care home of that nature and you actually see what it's like to be in something that's more home-like, you have your own private room where family can spend time with you. COVID as an exception, I know, but still it's a more warm environment. It feels more like your place. You're hearing anecdotally that, you know, residents are really enjoying it. And from a staff point of view, I mean, that's the other big, big part of any care environment. It really is. I mean, we, in our personal lives, we build a lot of care homes, but at the end of the day, it really comes down to how the staff operate it. And that's really what resonates with families as well. And we hear that the staff are doing a great job there. Oh, that's terrific. Yeah. I know my mother was in a care home there for a while and my godfather. And uh, so I, so I saw a different, a number of different facilities around the lower mainland and, um, they were the old style, and uh, it broke my heart for for some of the people to be living that way. But this lodge sounds uh, well. Sounds like it's a second home. Yeah, and and quite honestly, what we've seen too is the newer developments like this one. When you had any kind of outbreak of COVID, it was very quickly isolated. Easier to do in you know in areas where you have private rooms and households that are smaller. So you know you can actually protect family members in that kind of environment, you know, in a superior fashion to what you see in in the large congregate homes that were built previously back in, you know, the 60s, 70s, and even 80s. So yeah, it's I, I think it's it's a positive direction for everyone. And that's hopefully where we're going to see more and more development. Well, it's an exciting project. Art, I thank you very much for sharing all of that with us. And we thank you for your service there too. Been my pleasure. Always innovating, always changing with the times. The story of Peace Arch Hospital Foundation has many chapters. This podcast sheds light on how Peace Arch Hospital Foundation Lodge is able to adapt to the changing needs of residents and their families. We're thrilled to bring you this story. Innovation comes to life in so many ways at Peace Arch Hospital Foundation. During the summer, we invite you to support the efforts in the purchase of a new bronchoscope. The deadly global COVID-19 pandemic has put significant stress on Peace Arch Hospital this year. I'm sure you can imagine how tough it's been on their local medical teams, patients, and families. But we remain hopeful, and I've got some exciting news for you. There's a new piece of equipment available that will help Peace Arch Hospital diagnose critically ill patients with or recovering from COVID-19. It will also help manage complications such as bleeding of the lungs, lung collapse, or worse. This wonderful device is called a bronchoscope, and it's used by doctors, respiratory therapists, and pulmonologists to detect the cause of breathing difficulties and lung problems like COVID-19. It also helps manage issues such as tumors, infection, and bleeding, and helps medical teams monitor a patient's breathing when they're using an artificial airway during intubation or tracheostomy. 
Any gift, no matter the size, can make a massive impact and help purchase this critical piece of equipment. Learn more or make a gift online today at pahfoundation.ca slash give. That's pahfoundation.ca slash give. You'll find additional information on the Peace Arch Hospital Foundation website. Next time, we'll talk about hospital food, but not the bland, uninteresting meals that we've come to know over the years. In a joint conversation with Jeff Funke, member of the Healthy Community Steering Committee, and Dr. Werner Spengel, a family physician leading the charge in food as medicine, we'll learn how nutrition may be able to cure chronic disease and how the Peace Arch Hospital Foundation is taking innovative measures to dramatically improve hospital food. <laughs>